I am I'm delighted to have um, with me Gustavo Esteba, uh, who is a longtime friend of Ivan Illich's uh, and is the founder of La Universidad de la Tierra um, in Mexico. And so, Gustavo, thank you so much uh, for being with us and uh, so honored, honored to have you um, talk to us today about, about your work and about Ivan Illich as well. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for the invitation. I am delighted to be with you talking about our friend, Ivan. So I thought maybe we could start just uh, by getting to know you a little bit, and that may be a good way of doing that is for you to tell us um, about La Universidad de la Tierra, uh, which, which I, I think is probably just best translated. Um, how would you translate? University of the Earth or University, University of the Land? Of the Earth. Okay. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and... and, and uh, how you um, got around to, to establishing that university and its work and its mission? Yes. Um, we had in the 90s here in Oaxaca, we started to work in what we can call the intercultural dialogue, how we can interact with the very different cultures of Oaxaca, the indigenous cultures of Oaxaca. Uh, and then we were trying to learn how to do, how to implement this idea of the intercultural dialogue. Uh, we discovered in the process that the best way is to do things together. And then we were living and, and, uh, and doing things together with the communities. And we were then very involved with them when they had a, a state forum where they present publicly, uh, periodically, uh, their main position about many different things. And then in 1997, uh, they formulated a very serious declaration after one year of discussion and assemblies in the communities, uh, saying the school has been the main tool of the state to destroy the indigenous peoples. Uh, with a lot of consequences, and one of the consequences is that many communities closed the schools and kicked off the teachers. You can imagine the scandal. Mm -hmm. On page in the papers, these barbarians, it is not possible, this should not be the autonomy, they are dooming their poor children to ignorance, mm -hmm. uh, this is a lot of pressure, political and economic pressure on the communities, but some of them persisted. And then a good anthropologist, a very good guy, uh, took the decision of teaching a lesson to the parents. And then he conceived a test to compare children going to the school with those not going to the school. Mm -hmm. And then for his surprise, those not going to, to the school, of course they knew a lot about the milpa and the conditions in the community and about the fiesta and how to live in the community, but also better than the others, how to read, write, arithmetic, mm -hmm. geography, or history, yeah. everything. Uh, and then it was a real surprise for everyone, yeah. meaning that in the real world, in, at home, with the brother, they were learning how to read and liking how to read, mm -hmm. instead of being an imposition of someone, right. uh, of forcing the children to, to learn something. Uh, and then they were very happy with this and we were celebrating with them this kind of outcome when they came with us with one concern. What will happen with our young men and women when they learn everything they can learn in the community and they are interested 
in learning something that nobody wants, no, no, nobody knows in the community. Because they don't have any certification of the studies, because they don't have any school, they will not be able to continue their studies. And then it was with them and for them that we created uh, the, the university. Uh, the basic principle was any young man and woman from the communities can come to the university and to study whatever they want to study without any previous certification mm -hmm. of studies. The only conditions that we decided that we needed to, to impose was they need to know how to read and write. Mm -hmm. Meaning we cannot have right. that, that uh, element in our uh, context. Right. One uh, of the founders of the university, uh, a Zapotec intellectual, a very famous Zapotec intellectual, this is something that we need to talk about. Uh, he is one of the ones that coined the word communalidad uh, to express who they are, to, mm -hmm. to share with others who they are. Well, this guy, Jaime Luna, uh, gave us our name. He said, this university should have always the feet on the ground, on ah. the earth. Yes, in la tierra. He was saying this, this is very, instead of floating in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. they is rooted. Yes. And rooted. also this university should take care of Mother Earth. Mm. Mother tierra. Then, of yeah. course, we love this idea. Yes. Uh, and then that was our name. There is one very important element for our conversation. Mm. Uh, the, our real name, our legal name, is Universidad de la Tierra en Oaxaca. Mm. Because we adopted from the very beginning the notion of scale. We mm -hmm. should not grow too much. Mm -hmm. we, we must keep a human scale. If there is a lot mm -hmm. of interest, people can create other Unitierras, but yes. we must not be very big. Yes. We, we keep a, 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 human, a human size, a human something we will know each other and, and, and we are familiar, we can be friends with everyone. And then that was our notion and that is why we are called Universidad de la Tierra in Oaxaca. This is, there are many other Tierras right. now, uh, everyone with one uh, family name. is Unitierra in Chiapas, Unitierra in Istepec, Unitierra in Huitzo, Unitierra in Japan, Unitierra in Spain, in Catalonia, in, in different parts of the world. It's the same spirit. It's not a brand name. It is, it's yeah. not one organization, but we use the same name because it is a tradition. It is an mm -hmm. orientation, it's a style. Mm -hmm. uh, when we created Unitierra, we also adopted from the very beginning, that was the first decision of the group, was um, to learn in freedom by doing by doing whatever we wanted to learn. This applies to very simple things, to, to very um, practical things, but also for theoretical things. Meaning if someone, ne never a young man has come saying, I want to, to be a philosopher. Um, I want to study philosophy. But if someone came with that, we will send him of her to philosophize with the philosopher, not to study the Greek. Mm -hmm. Meaning it's not a, a curriculum, it's not the idea of a curriculum, but the idea is to do what you want to learn mm -hmm. with someone that is doing that kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, just to, to illustrate the point, usually 
the teacher of geography in the school is not a geographer. It's a teacher of geography. Right. His expertise is to know how to teach geography. Mm-hmm. In our view, if a person wants to learn geography, uh, he must be with a geographer, mm-hmm. a person doing the maps right. and, and do the maps with, with him or her. Uh, meaning that, that is our idea of, of learning. Learning what you want to learn with a person that is doing that. So this is, um, it reminds me of the sort of older apprenticeship model. Exactly. Uh, yeah. We call ourselves apprentices. Mm-hmm. That is the idea. We all mm-hmm. are apprentices. And this is the, the very old apprenticeship model. Right. That yeah. um, had a story. It was a very successful story. It's the history of humankind. Mm-hmm. And it was started in the last 300 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and obviously that, that recalls a lot of um, uh, the, the, the concluding proposals in de-schooling society, especially with regards to the, the, the master and the pupil relationship. Clearly, very clearly. Yeah. yeah. And so if, I'm going to just transition uh, a little bit there, having, having brought up um, Illich specifically. Um, I know we've talked a little bit before about this, but uh, early in, in the in the seventies, uh, you had heard about Illich, but but you you weren't initially very uh, impressed with his work. Or uh, I think your phrase was that he was he was just a reactionary priest, right? Yes, uh, yes, it is yeah. for us. It is not only my position. Yeah. But for us in the Marxist left, mm-hmm. he was a reactionary priest, right. and we were saying yes, of course, he is criticizing uh, education and health that are of horror in the capitalist society. In the socialist society, we will have good education and good mm-hmm. health. And then we had already the example of Cuba. They are having very good education and very good health. Um, then mm-hmm. we, that for us was the example mm-hmm. of uh, a very good uh, system of health. Then we were dismissing entirely the critique of, of Ivan. We, we refused to read it. To read mm-hmm. it. He was living at 60 kilometers from the place where I, I was living then it was very easy to go and visit him. But we were not interested mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in visiting him or even we knew that many people, very interesting people were, were coming to, to visit Ivan in, mm-hmm. in Sidok. But we were not really interested because a basic fundamental rejection about this reactionary priest. Yeah, and, and how did that begin to change for you? I mean, what, what was the, what, what, um... What led you back to his work or to reconsider the value of his work? It was uh, first, uh, it was an accident in a peculiar context. <laughs> in the 80s, I was already, uh, I was working and living at the grassroots with the communities mm-hmm. and discovering that I could not understand anything. And then I assumed that I did not know enough and I started to study economics and sociology and political mm-hmm. science. And the more I studied, the less I understood. Mm. And then I was in a, in a process of dismantling my previous beliefs, but lost, mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. knowing what to do. Right. I'm doing very much my life and work at the grassroots with indigenous people, basically, but lost. Mm-hmm. And then by accident, a friend, Rodolfo Stavenagen, uh, invited me to a seminar in El Colegio de Mexico, where uh, he announced me that uh, we will have Wolf and Sachs. Uh, and they will talk, we discuss about the, the, the social construction of energy. 
I was interested in the theme and the person, and then I attended the seminar. And in the mm -hmm. seminar, there was Ivan there. I was immediately fascinated with what he said. Mm -hmm. And then a common friend, Jose Maria Esbert, invited us, both of us, to dinner. And then we, I had a long, long conversation with him for, for two hours. That night, I, I stole some books from uh, Jose Maria Esbert. Mm -hmm. And I started to read frantically uh, all the stuff of Ivan. And then we started to collaborate and then we became friends. Uh, why was this? Uh, what I discovered was that Ivan um, had, um, what I can say, the phrase is not uh, appropriate, but I can say it is the discourse of the people, or mm. the people's discourse. Uh, meaning the main categories of Ivan, like vernacular or convivial, mm -hmm. I have heard those words in the communities, in the barrios, uh, with the people, with common people. Uh, and perhaps Ivan also heard those words with the people, mm -hmm. with the people in Mexico. Uh, and these words had a meaning for the people. Uh, in fact, I can say not in this moment, but later, uh, whenever I talk about Ivan's ideas in the communities, uh, the reaction is always uh, what we call now an aha effect. Mm -hmm. uh, aha, aha, aha. They, they knew that they could not uh, formulate the ideas uh, as clear as, as Ivan, but they, they had uh, the, the insight about this kind of thing. It's not re a real novelty for them. It was an understanding that they just carried as a part of their their way of being in the world. Yes, yes. Yeah. And um, then um, for, for, for me, it was really discovering that the ideas of Ban applied very, very, very well to my work. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, first of all, a possibility of understanding. Following Ivan, I could understand many things Mm -hmm. That before was I was blind to those kind of, of, of things. Um, uh, for example, just to mention one very, very, very important point. Um, in one of the most important books of Ivan, uh, for me, a fantastic book, Gender, in one uh, footnote of uh, Gender, uh, Ivan says, in some traditional communities, gender is broken but still alive. Um, gender is destroyed in the capitalist society. The book starts saying what others call the transition to the capitalist mode of production. Mm -hmm. I call in this book the transition from the ages of gender to the regime of sex. Mm -hmm. And the most important trans anthropological transformation is uh, the destruction of gender in the capitalist society. Well, that was my perception. What I had before was basically the perception of the regime of sex, the dominant perception in the capitalist society. Uh, the gender destroyed, we only had sex. And, but in the communities, gender was still alive. Hmm. Then this was one of the things that I was not hmm. understanding. How, yeah. how was this? And then that book of, uh, of Ivan helped me a lot to understand my experience in the communities. How is the situation? There you have gender. Of course, you have already sex, 
because the modern society has penetrated, but you have uh, also a still gender alive in the community. And it's, I think maybe it's worthwhile just to um, give a little bit more background here because I, I think maybe if, we, if, we, if people know of, of Ivan Illich's work, maybe they think of him as a you know, very erudite scholar who theorized about um, uh, technology or schooling or a medical institution. Um, but, but what you're suggesting is that a lot of his insights grew out of a, a deep participation in in, the, in these communities that he was a part of, um, and, th- and that he he was intimately familiar with these different um, ways of being, these 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 alternative modes of, of social organization, thinking because he he lived right, he experienced this firsthand, he he walked right. This this is was such an important part of of his um, his own personal um, education is that he, he took the time to intimately come to know these different communities. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about, about, um, about this side of Ivan that I think is sometimes, um, obscured by, by his fame as the writer of these, these great books? Uh, I, I think this is the, the fundamental element of, of Ivan. For me, it's the most important, uh, trait of, of Ivan. And that is the beginning of uh, the event we knew when he changed in New, in New York. He was basically an erudite. He came to New York to study in Princeton uh, the the manuscripts of uh, of um, of, um, um, of Albert the, Magnus. Uh, Albert Magnus, yes. Um, and then uh, that was the idea. That is why he came to New York. And, and apparently what he had in mind is to continue that kind of, of, uh, of uh, activity the rest of his life, to, to study, to, to be a, a man of, of a library. And then crossing with, you know, the story, crossing uh, one area, uh, he discovered what uh, the Irish priests, the Catholic Irish priests were doing to the Jibaritos, to the people of Puerto Rico. And then he asked for that, um, to get that parish, he became... Uh, um, a priest for the first time, a practitioner, practitioner of of, uh, of his trade in that specific area, and he started to do things in the real world. And to do things is interacting with the people, doing things with the people, not for the people, but with the people. Mm-hmm. He changed a lot of things. That is, for me, Ivan. And I think that he never stopped um, Michael, uh, he he died almost 20 years ago. Um, if you go to Ocotepec, the place where he had his uh, house till the end of his life, you can go around and uh, talk to the people, and the people still had Ivan present, mm. uh, and 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 he they can tell you stories how he came and spent. Uh, seven hours in the market sitting in the floor talking with them mm-hmm. it was not just saying yeah. hello it was just not another neighbor it was a person really involved in the life of the community and talking with them uh, they say they talk about the compadrito Ivan and, 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 and they, they, they talk really in a very familiar way mm-hmm. about, about the friend not, yeah. not, not about an, a, a foreigner Right. And in fact, it is very interesting to see that um, um, 
Ivan was a pilgrim going around the world mm -hmm. uh, all his life. Um, but the place on earth in which he stayed more time in his total life was Mexico. Mm -hmm. And particularly that area of Mexico, Cuernavaca and Ocotepec and that, and that area. Right. Then it, it is many years of his life were spent in that place. In the last um, 30 years of his life, I think, um, every year uh, he organized his life in a way that at least four to six months he was in Ocotepec. Mm -hmm. He was in Bremen, he was in a state college, he was in many different parts, he was traveling around the world, but four to six months he spent in this place. And here I would like to mention another element. It was not only his connection with the people at the grassroots, with the, with the real people in the barrios, in the communities, and then he really spent a lot of time. There are stories, peculiar stories of Ivan in Puerto Rico when he was a very important person in the educational system. Um, a friend uh, shared with him a small plane. And then he was a pilot in this little plane to go to a small communities and uh, land in a small communities where no one was coming. Mm. And um, he was given a mass there. Um, he was talking with the people and spending real time with the people in isolated communities in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. This is a tradition in Ivan. Lots of time with the real people at the grassroots. Right. But there is another element. I think that he never published a text without discussing it with friends. This, this is almost an mm -hmm. obsession of Ivan. Mm -hmm. Whenever he was writing something, he was bringing a, a, a draft with a group of friends mm -hmm. and passing that draft. In the preface of the edition of Tools for, for Conviviality, he tells the story. Mm -hmm. This is a seminar of one year with the young Latin American, uh, with uh, many, many people from Latin America, basically young people, many of them Marxist. This is a very interesting point. Um, and he was discussing versions, drafts of Tools for Conviviality mm -hmm. with them. And then the book, he says it is a collective creation. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I am using some of, uh, of um, many of the ideas of the right. group and sometimes even his words. Then I, mm -hmm. I don't know exactly which are my words and which are their yeah. words. This is Ivan. He was yeah. always in interaction. And I will add something more that uh, for me it is of enormous importance. He was never talking with an audience. He was talking with the person mm. he had in front of him. Because he was an erudite in, in many, many different fields. And he knew a lot about many, many different things. Talk about uh, uh, these things with many people. And then what he did all the time was discussing about energy and transport with Jean Robert. Mm -hmm. And he had long conversations because Jean Robert, first he knew a lot about this, yeah. energy and transport, and it was the main interest of Jean Robert. And then 
Ivan was discussing with Jan Robert the kind of things that uh, Jan Robert can really talk about. Mm -hmm. And then he was talking with a real person and interacting with a, with that real person. Mm -hmm. I can mention many examples of this of this kind. He he was really interacting with the person and then changing the theme and and doing different kind of things uh, because he wanted to to really talk with the person not talk to an audience or evangelize or preach or whatever right and and this uh, so I, i i thought about this also when you were talking about how um there are still those in in mexico who who remember ivan and can tell stories about um how he lived in their midst um and and it it reminds me again that um this idea of, of hospitality is so central to, to Yvonne's work, hospitality and friendship. And, and that somehow underlying this, right, is this um, particular understanding of the, um, the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is, um, I think, a, maybe a good entryway into um, just kind of talking about this theme in his, in his own life and work. Um, and can, can you tell us a little bit, how, how did um, Illich interpret that passage? What was unique to him? What role did that passage play that story play in, in shaping his, his view of hospitality and of friendship? I, I think that uh, that story for him, in my view, has two basic elements. Um, first, um, love and relation. That is the first element. How um, you become human when you enter into a relation And in that relation, you have an element of love. You can have many different kinds of love. Uh, you can include compassion. You can have uh, many different tones of love and forms mm -hmm. of love. But it's an element of, of love in the relation with the others. That is the moment of, uh, of uh, humanity. You, you mm -hmm. express yourself as a human when you are in relation. Uh, the second element This can, can uh, guide us for a discussion about individualism, how he criticizes individualism, etc., etc., mm -hmm. how he rejected individualism. But uh, this is one element. The second element is the story of the Good Samaritan is for Ivan the moment in, perhaps the first moment, in which a person trespass cultural boundaries. Mm -hmm. It is the intercultural interaction. Mm -hmm. A good Samaritan is a person that could do something that was basically forbidden, that was mm -hmm. not allowed, that, that was not the tradition. You must not care about someone that does not belong to your clan, to your tribe, to your group, to your family. Um, then this, this idea, um, you, you remember the story starts, who is your proxy? And then the idea, my proxy, it is the one I love. And the one I love beyond my family, my tribe, my clan, my, my, my group. This element that it's for me, love and interculturality, is mm -hmm. the, the two basic elements mm -hmm. of that story uh, and are projected clearly in the life of Yvonne. Yeah. I, I think I it was I was listening to, to um, a video of uh, David Cayley talking about this and And he made the observation, which, you know, once you hear it is so obvious, but that the, the question that, that Jesus sets out to answer in that, by providing that story is not how do you treat your neighbor, but who is your neighbor? 
get to about, about seeing that person who, who perhaps all of your sort of social background, your cultural background suggests to you is, is not your neighbor, but in that moment where you perceive the, their humanity and you open yourself up to this new possibility, you, 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 you open yourself up to be their neighbor. And, and I think that the idea is we can, it, it's a choice that one makes, right? In, in how we see the individual. And you, you, you create, uh, yeah. you, you create through love. Right. Uh, that, that is, that is the point. I'm, I'm currently, um, I'm, I'm writing up, um, a few sort of summary thoughts after having recently reread tools for conviviality and, and, and de-schooling society. And, um, and one of the things that I've noted two, two themes that are maybe uh, two sides of one, of one coin. Um, and one is that uh, Yvonne is, is advocating for a kind of autonomy for the individual. I, I think this is, you know, part of his critique of, of certain institutions are that they, they become uh, patronizing or condescending, um, that they don't allow for, for the flourishing of an individual on his or her own terms. And so there's this sort of theme about tools that we can use, right? Convivially, convivial tools are tools that grant a certain amount of autonomy to the user, um, that the user can pick up and put down at will, that they can in, in, engage in their own creative products. Um, there's this great line about how we, we don't need tools that work for us, but tools that will allow us to do our work. Um, uh, and, and that, Coupled with this, also this other theme of, of interdependence, uh, that we are set free to care for one another uh, instead of outsourcing that kind of care to institutions. Um, and I, I, I sometimes, in reading this, I, I imagine somebody today picking up Illich for the first time um, may read some of those passages and, and almost read uh, a kind of libertarian um in, in, in an American context, anyway, a kind of libertarian um, ethos in Illich's work, if you just take some of those passages uh, and, and don't read them alongside of um, sometimes in the same breath where Illich talks about um, the need to, the, the, our, our freedom for interdependence uh, with one another. Um, how do, how do you, I mean, how do you think about those two themes? Is that, am I, am I seeing those rightly there, those two ideas? Absolutely, and yeah. that is the real problem. Yeah. And then you have a great guy, Umberto Beck, that has dedicated um, 10 years to to study Ivan uh, and then produced a book that is uh, clearly celebrated about Ivan. And he classifies Ivan as basically a libertarian. Uh, if, if you read carefully mm -hmm. his book, he is uh, an American libertarian in, mm -hmm. in that tradition of uh, uh, autonomy, individual autonomy. Uh, here, I will mix two words to understand Ivan. Um, autonomy, um, the, the meaning of the word, meaning you define your own norms. And then every individual defines his, her own norms of behavior, of thinking, etc. Then a libertarian, an American libertarian, is someone that says, no one will tell me what to do, mm -hmm. what is good or bad. I am the only one mm -hmm. that can take that decision. That is the supreme expression of individualism. Mm -hmm. 
and I am my king and finally my God. It is, I have the power of decision. That is autonomy. I am defined by myself, mm-hmm. uh, my, the norms, my norms of thinking, my norms of behavior. Because in Ivan, you become human and the human individual is a person in relation in the words of Panikar, you are a knot of a net of relations. Uh, you are the relations. You are not the knot. You are a knot of a net. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the net. You are mm-hmm. the relation. And then you become human precisely because you interact with others in the interaction with others. Uh, you, 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 you express your humanity the very moment in which you have that interaction and as we just discussed that interaction may have an element of love that that is uh, critically important then for uh, to 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 think and for the reflection on tools on the reflection of the school in society and the other books of ivan i will mix two words one is uh, an elegant word it's autonomy Autonomy is the norms that comes with the tradition, mm. that comes of the tradition of your place, your context, your society. Mm. Every one of us is born in a certain place with a certain cultural context. And then the baby learns uh, a specific culture, a specific mm. norms of behavior in that specific context. That is the norms of the tradition. Mm-hmm. And then you can have autonomy, meaning the, the inherited norms, and also the norms that you change. It is in the course of your interaction with others, you may create new norms. Um, let me give you an, a very practical example of the use of these two words. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last 10 years in Oaxaca, that is a place where basically uh, we have indigenous communities. The majority of the population are Indians of 16 different indigenous ethnic groups. Well, in the last 10 years, uh, they governed themselves by assemblies. And in these assemblies, in 70% of the communities, the assemblies of men have taken the decision. Well, for a thousand years, we have not allowed women to come to the assemblies or to have any cargo in the in the village. From now on, we autonomously take the decision of allowing the women to come, mm-hmm. meaning they are changing a traditional norm uh, and adopting a new norm autonomously. Well, um, combining here, thus, one a way to say this, the people the traditional people has one of their best tradition is to change the tradition in a traditional way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they can change yeah. completely. No one is like they were 500 years ago, but they have been changing in their own way. They yes. adopt a new norm in their own way, in the traditional way through the assembly. So in this way, it's a, it's a living tradition. Uh, I think of, uh, I'm, right now the name is escaping, but American historian who distinguishes between tradition and traditionalism, uh, and, and, and one remains alive. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's a living tradition, mm-hmm. yes. Then 
applied to Ivan, it's I, I would say that he was not talking really of the isolated individual, mm-hmm. and even less of the individualism in that isolated mm-hmm. individual. Yes, it is true that he uses the word individual. I would use instead person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Later in his life, he started mm-hmm. to use the word person. Yeah. But uh, for many years in the 70s, he used the word individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is in this specific context. And this can be seen uh, very clearly in one specific text that he produced for two of his friends, Lee Svensson and Gustavo Esteva. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking Elias Benson in uh, in uh, California and in the in the U.S. Elias Benson, a friend of Paul Goodman, an anarchist, and and, and mm-hmm. he was very close to to Ivan, um, and uh, he started to talk with Ivan about hospitality mm-hmm. uh, in California when Ivan went to California, and I started to talk with Ivan about hospitality in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we had a, a story that is now well known. When he invited Wolfgang Sachs and Majid Zanema and Jan Robert and others to talk about after development, what? In that uh, first meeting, he asked me, he knew about my story, about my activities, what I was doing. And uh, then he asked me, Gustavo, you had only one word. Uh, to talk about what is to be after development. What is the word that you will use Mm. to describe that situation after development? And then immediately my reaction was, I will use the word hospitality. Mm. Development is very hospitable. He's saying, this is the only way to live. This is the universal definition of the good Mm. life, Mm -hmm. the the way of the developed countries. Uh, And then in my world, we have a great variety, an immense, immense variety of, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, ways of life, of, 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 of living well. And then to be after development is to be hospitable to many different ways of life. Mm-hmm. Not to say this is the proper way right. of life, but we will be hospitable to different ways of life. Mm-hmm. And then we were using the word hospitality in different ways. And then he produced a fantastic text. It's, it's, a, it's a text of a high density that is called Hospitality and Pain. Um, the right thing, it has not been published. And then it was, uh, it, it is a beautiful text. And basically he produced a text to talk about hospitality mm-hmm. with Dias Benson and, and, and with me. Mm. Yes, hospitality was a very, very critical category, a very important category for Ivan. There's um, an interview. Um, it's, I think it's a transcript of, um, of, a, of a, a conversation that um, Illich has with on Jerry Brown's radio show. Uh, I think this is maybe in the early '90s um, or late '80s, uh, and uh, and Carl Mitchum is a part of the conversation. So it's the three of them that are talking, um, and he they, they they talk about about hospitality, and one of the the points that um, Illich seems to make is that. He talks about how in, in the classical political world, uh, the, 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 the polity, the, the polis was primary and then friendship arose out of those political relations. Uh, but he seems to suggest that that's no longer, that can no longer be possible. And now that the reverse is necessary, that we, 
we now need friendship out of which to build a new uh, political reality. And, and it seems like friendship and, and hospitality are there somehow at the um, at the heart of how Illich maybe is imagining a renewed political sphere and a renewed political culture. Um, did, how did he, it, would, would that just be the product of, um, of countless sort of individual choices that, that we, we have these um, small building relationships with people uh, take the the, um, the imperative of of seeing the other as as their friend and welcoming them into their lives. Um, I know that Illich didn't give us any programs for for change necessarily, but how do you think that that focus on 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 political renewal through friendship? How does that work out? How does that how does that happen? On the one side, true. Yeah. Even he he wrote at one point, and and coming from that conversation, it is this moment in which he says uh, that in the technological uh, society, um, if there is a place for politics, that place it's still a space for politics. It is friendship, mm-hmm. and then in that sense, all friendship is political. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when uh, explains um, today in the modern society, in the ecological society, and even in the so-called postmodern society, um, the only space uh, in which we, you can really talk and care about the common good is friendship. Mm-hmm. You cannot really seriously talk about the common good for the Americans, for the people of, of Austin, for the people of the city, for the people, a, any kind of police that you define, mm-hmm. there is nothing really that can mm-hmm. define common good. Uh, you, you can use the abstraction and you can apply it, you can play with it, but it is not, you are not talking seriously mm-hmm. about the common good beyond friendship, that small group of friends. And there is, I think, there is another element um, many people, most people in the modern society are educated, I, I would say not educated, but formatted as individuals since the day they are born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they don't have a we uh, as defining their way of being. Yeah. Uh, they They are constructed as individuals and they feel themselves as individuals and they look uh, about for the interest of the individual they believe they are. Yeah. Uh, that, that is the usual construction. Uh, in my world, the people are born with a we. Mm. They, they are basically a we. Mm-hmm. And then the person is an expression of the we. They, they, they are weing all the time. Mm. They live weing <laughs> all yeah. in, in the conversation. There are some indigenous peoples, for example, that the Holabal, they don't have words for I and you. They are only the, the we in different forms, mm-hmm. different, uh, expressions. Then what to do with those constructed as individuals? According with the one, and I convinced that he is right, and this is also my experience, the only way for those individuals to create a we is friendship. Mm-hmm. It is not to create an NGO or to create a party or to create an association and then you will have a we. You will have an after we. We can say we Mexicans or we Americans or we members of IBM 
or we whatever that is mm -hmm. an abstract we that's not a real uh, we mm -hmm. uh, we the citizens of of austin texas no that is not a real a real we it's an abstract we mm -hmm. a real we is when you construct that we with your friends and ivan was mentioning as one fundamental element that is gratuity in 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 the friends you you do something for your friends for the joy of it yeah without any expectation, without right. looking for reciprocity. Mm -hmm. It is your joy that you can give something to a friend mm -hmm. because you have it and then he or she needs it. That, that is part elements. And then you can create a we. Let me uh, give you an, uh, an example that I use a lot to illustrate this specific point. Um, perhaps you have heard uh, of one famous Dr. Spock that was a Nobel Prize and produced it in the 60s, a very famous book that is called mm -hmm. Your Son, that is still in print, that is a magnificent, a very solid book with all the instructions for the people that don't, don't know how to raise a baby. And mm -hmm. then it, it, it has a, an incredible index, and the index says if the sheet of the baby is green with a little piece of yellow, that means these kind of things. And then you can mm -hmm, read mm -hmm. in the book and, and find what to do if you need to call the doctor or not. But when the first edition of that book emerged, it has the Ten Commandments of Dr. Spock. And the commandments went first commandment, the partner's bed is forbidden territory for any baby. Second, the baby should have his her own room as soon as possible, if mm -hmm. possible the very day he or she comes from the hospital. Third commandment, it is very good uh, for the development, for the mental and physical development of the baby to cry alone in his her room at least half an hour a day. Mm -hmm. I, I saw Michael mm -hmm. 50 years ago woman saying, oh God, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I cannot stand this anymore, mm -hmm. I will go with my uh, child. Because they were leaving the child crying yeah. in his her room alone. That is the creation of an individual. Now you can compare that with any, in our, any of our communities. And you have that uh, magnificent technology of the shawl, mm -hmm. which the baby is attached to the body of the mother and mm -hmm. the baby participates in the life of the mother the whole day mm -hmm. and then the mother is doing something the mother is going to the market that baby is a we is born as a we mm -hmm. and cultivated as a we uh, the mind and the heart of this baby is a we yeah then in the modern society the mind and the heart of the people are cultivated as individuals, as separated individuals, and then as competitive individuals, etc. Yes, that's yes. All the story. Uh, then for Ivan, because we are constructed as individuals, we are formatted as individuals, the only way to escape from that condition is friendship. Hmm. Through friends, you can create a real way. Right. You, you have to learn to to feel friendship, uh, to to feel the obligation to the other, and yeah, yeah. And that is by the way the meaning of communita as 
opposite, the opposite to immunity. Communities, it's a group of people with obligations to each mm -hmm. other, mm -hmm. not with rights. Yeah. In the modern society, you have individual rights. Mm -hmm. In the community, you have obligations with the right. Right. Um, that is, I, you know, I have um, uh, two young children, so I recently have gone through the, the, the infant stage and the toddler stage, and uh, that, that, that still seems like a live debate um, here in the States, you know, uh, attachment parenting versus I forget what, what else it is called, you know, the idea that you just have to leave your baby. But it never occurred to me to sort of frame that as, uh, as training for an individualist society, right? You have to, you have to learn to be on your own, as it were, right from, from the beginning. And, and even that, that image of, of, you know, having to learn to cry, to keep your sorrows to yourself, um, preparation to, to grieve alone. Um, that is yeah. the horror. Yeah, no, it is, it is framed that way. Yeah. Incredible. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit before we uh, wrapped up about, um, well, my, the, the book that introduced me to Illich and, uh, which I still think is, is one of uh, my favorite books and that is in the vineyard of the text. Um, it, and I'm wondering if you can comment a little on this. Uh, there seems to be a trajectory, uh, and, and I think maybe I, um, I remember David Cayley putting it this way. There are these three phases of, of Illich's um, work. Uh, this phase where, where he is a, a, a priest, a monsignor, he is a, a member of the church and he is in New York. Um, and then he is um, the, the, involved in um, the university in Puerto Rico. Uh, and then he, he gets into a little bit of a, um, you know, a, um, a bit of tension with the, the Catholic Church hierarchy in that role. And then that leads to his time uh, at CDOC and this period where these famous books uh, emerge, uh, de-schooling, tools for conviviality, energy and equity. Um, and then after closing, uh, after leaving CDOC, um, there's a period where, where he is a, an itinerant scholar spending time at Penn State in Austria, in Mexico and elsewhere. And in that third phase, it, it seems like his work takes a, um, a, a new direction. Maybe it's not a new direction, but it, 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 it seems now to, to be more focused on questions of media and the senses and how media, especially the alphabet, um, transform our, our, sort of our perception as human beings. Is that, does that sound like a, um, an adequate description of what is going on there? And, and if, if that turn towards media is in fact sort of novel at this point, um, I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what causes that for, for Illich or what, what leads him to make this turn in his own scholarship. Um, look, I think it's, it's a turn in his life. It's very, very clear. Mm -hmm. When he closes uh, Sidok in 1976, uh, he is really, um, it's a radical change in his life mm -hmm. and his intention. Um, I think, uh, and even uh, he says that um, in 1976, he is not only closing SIDOC, but closing a period of research and thinking. Um, in the introduction to Medical Nemesis, uh, he explicitly says, here is a period of my life from 1970 to 1976 that I am closing with this mm -hmm. specific book. And this is his book based in one specific document that he produced with Valentina Bodemans. 
1971, that is a three-page document about the common roof. That is his plan that he developed mm -hmm. for the Cuernavaca pamphlets. Well, um, that uh, kind of activity of Ivan, and uh, the activity of Ivan in, in Sidok and the pamphlets, etc., corresponds clearly to the spirit of the 60s. It is the spirits that I shared with him clearly. Uh, we, we need to remember uh, that in the 60s, we wanted to change everything. Mm -hmm. uh, love and the fridge and <laughs> everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very a, a global movement, uh, very intense in America where Ivan was. He participated a lot in the spirit of the 60s and two things were there. First, we wanted to change everything. And second, it seemed feasible, mm -hmm. seemed possible mm -hmm. to implement the change, that our generation mm -hmm. will implement the change. And then it was a, a, in, in the, a, a real possibility within our reach to produce that change. Mm -hmm. And then um, the work of Ivan, uh, that, they, that, that he defined in this little text about the common roof. It is clearly a, a, a plan of action. It's not a plan of research. Yeah. He was not explored theoretically. I think theoretically he had already the, 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 the answer to the main theoretical question. What he wants is to explore in the reality how to do something about uh, the school and about all the institutions, these counterproductive institutions, how to change the real world. He was a man of action planning how to do things. And for this, he wanted to share his idea. He refused power very early in his life. Uh, escaping from Rome was basically to escape power, to escape that, that path. Uh, and, and he wanted, instead of power, he was interested in influence, to be a voice, and to be a voice that being heard. He was traveling all around the world, um, telling the same story everywhere, the story of what he conceived as the transformation. Well, that is the mood of the time. We were really thinking he changed the world. Mm -hmm. But we committed a mistake. We, including Ivan, myself, everyone, we believed that the change can be implemented through the governments mm -hmm. and it cannot. Mm -hmm. And then Ivan knew that that whole possibility already collapsed. Mm -hmm. That in 1976, he knew that the change that he dreamed about will not be possible, mm -hmm. will not be implemented. And then instead of continue having an influence on the people, for a, a, a massive change, for a collective change, to create a critical mass to produce the change in the, the society, he started to have a different kind of reflection in which he will um, share his ideas with the society through his friends, not by mm. himself, mm. not talking. He was, instead of, uh, in the 70s, he was talking all the time to group, to big groups. Yeah. It was a thousand people attending a, a lecture of, of, uh, of Ivan. 
Later, he was concentrated in a state college or in Bremen with small groups of 10, 15, mm -hmm. 20, 20 people, talking with small groups. Mm -hmm. Even through these groups, through his friends, that we was sharing his ideas. There is another change. Not in 1976, but a few years later, he was smelling that it is not only the idea of change that was frustrated, but also things were happening in the real world. And it is when he started thinking and saying that it's the end of the era of tools and the beginning of the era of, the era of systems. And then in the era of systems, the whole, the whole thing uh, changes. Uh, and then we are shaped in a different way, as, as a, a different kind of entities. Mm -hmm. And then Ivan is talking to a different kind of, of people. Um, perhaps one way of talking about this, connected with the vineyard of the text, is how the whole thing, thing started. First, we need to include immediately from the very beginning uh, his friendship with Hugo da San Victor. For him, mm -hmm. he was one of his best friends. Uh, he knew everything about Hugh, um, and, and, and he read everything that Hugh, he was very familiar with Hugh. He, he was treating him as a friend, not as an author in the 12th century. Right. He was for Ivan a friend. Right. Then he was reading already in the 70s, he was already re reading Hugh. Uh, that uh, was one way of conceiving the era of tools. And tools for conviviality is under the influence of a reading of Hugo de San Victor. But in the 80s, uh, Ivan writes that magnificent piece that is very short piece that is called um, an, um, a, a call for research on late literacy. Hmm. Um, this is a short piece written in Cuernavaca, and it is how, because of Hugh de San Victor, he um, explains how the individual and the text were created, were produced in the 12th century mm -hmm. at the same time, and how the, the, the idea of the text is associated with the construction of the individual. Mm -hmm. And the individual was within a an, an, uh, religious cosmos until capitalism uh, uh, liberated him mm -hmm. uh, from, from that uh, um, condition. Mm -hmm. The modern individual mm -hmm. to circulate uh, in, in the world. Well, it is associated with the textual mind. And then uh, we, are, we were constructed as individual texts. And many people, even today, uh, speaks as if he or she uh, was uh, were reading a text that uh, uh, in the mind, uh, you, you you can see this very easily in in a class, in which the teacher is really uh, reading a text that that he had in 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 his in his mind. Mm -hmm. uh, we are speaking like that. We are constructed as texts. We are in a textual civilization. Uh, Ivan talks about. Uh, the book is the metaphor for this right. kind of civilization. And he was explaining that even the illiterate people are subordinated to a textual world. Uh, 
uh, he loved one example I I, I had. Um, if I am in a, a, in an indigenous community and they are having a problem, an agrarian problem with the next village, uh, at one point in our conversation, they the older the elder of the village will go to the, his hut and produce a document that is the text given to him by the Spanish crown 300 years ago. Mm. He cannot read, no one can read that text because all of them are illiterate. Mm -hmm. I cannot read the text because it's juridical jargon of the 17th century. Mm -hmm. But they are regulated by that text. The relations with the next village is not regulated by the interaction between them by mm -hmm. mutual agreement, but by a document yeah. that needs to be exposed to the lawyers and to the state, etc., etc. Then it is the text is regulating the life mm. of, the, of the people, yeah. even if they are illiterate. Then well. Ivan is talking about about this, and then it's calling for research, saying this civilization, the textual civilization, is committing suicide because they are destroying the textual mind mm -hmm. and introducing, instead of the alphabet, mm -hmm. the binary system. And then uh, he wrote what he considered his best book in the vineyard of the, of the text. He explicitly says that this is my, be my best book. Mm -hmm. He loved that book, and he loved to write that book. And he has spent many years uh, writing that that book because of love, because how much he loved to 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 write that kind of of thing. And he was explicitly trying to the the title of the book describes very well the the intention. In the tradition of Hugh, he was saying one can go through the text and pick up. The, the, the grapes, the kind of things that you want, uh, that you want to collect. Right. It is not, you are not formatted by the text. Yeah. The school is one way to format you mm -hmm. according to the text. You need to adopt the shape of the text. Mm -hmm. In in the banjar of the text, you are picking up the kind of things, the kind of, of uh, grapes that you, that you want, mm -hmm. uh, that you love, that you like. But this is, this is, uh, for me, the, the book in which it is to celebrate, in a sense, uh, the end of the textual civilization mm. and to warn us. Uh, do you want really to kill this beautiful civilization, yeah. this great opportunity, this, this possibility for the humans to visit the humans? Mm -hmm. Or you want to become this peculiar, strange entities mm. um, that you are creating through the modern technology. Mm. And that we can see, uh, David Kelly was clearly very right in discussing bringing Ivan to the discussion of COVID um, because he clearly anticipated this kind of society and the horror we are uh, seeing today mm -hmm. uh, with the virus. Uh, and then it is clearly an anticipation. We can, I, I, I can quote, I, I'm, I am doing this in our conversations, in our groups of, uh, of conversation in Unitierra. We are using, uh, full paragraphs of Ivan, uh, mm -hmm. reading, uh, these three, four lines. And people think that we are talking about news from the last week. Right. 
it is absolutely pertinent and actual. And I, I wonder if maybe uh, as we wrap up, um, and maybe this is a you know question that's just too um, too broad, but um, if if someone were to ask you, you know, what is the the, the the key idea from Illich that we need to hear right now? Um, what comes to mind? I mean, I, I imagine there may be several, but what would be your way? Somebody who's never read Illich before and, and you want to entice them into, into reading Illich and understanding the relevance of his work. Um, what comes to mind? My immediate reaction is uh, the only possibility of being human and to live as a human person is to be in relation and through a personal relation and interaction with the, with the other, that includes the opening, the hospital opening to um, different contexts and different cultures. I think for me, it is, this is the key idea. And even you can apply immediately to say, this is exactly the opposite to confinement and social distancing. Uh, we are forced today to be isolated and to separate ourselves and to, mm -hmm. to, to avoid any contact with other people because contact means contagion. Mm -hmm. And then um, Ivan is telling, oh, 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 that is, wait, wait, what, what kind of thing is that? What kind of being is that? Yeah. Is that a still a human being? Mm. A being that cannot be in contact with others but yeah. through machines? Yeah. Uh, that that a, a person that is not really in contact with anyone, a person that can um, the perfect uh, representation is a person that can that can die. Uh, for Ivan, the art of suffering, the art of of dying mm -hmm. was very important mm -hmm. as parts of central parts of the art of of living. Yeah. And a person can die alone in a room, uh, isolated. Um, with lots of, of tubes on, 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 yeah. on body, uh, that is human. That is a human yeah. of, a, of a person, and then that person cannot be buried by the the dear ones, by the family and friends, but should be uh, hidden and should be isolated, even in that final process of of, of dying. That, that is, we can elaborate a lot of the things that are happening mm -hmm. today with this basic central idea of, of Ivan, yeah. that of is, is how to be human. The how only possibility yeah. of being human is being in the interaction with the others, in the relation yeah. with the others. Yeah. And that is how, how the, the good Samaritan, the parable mm -hmm. comes to mind. It is yeah. love is how I define. In defining my proxy, I define myself. Mm -hmm. In defining my neighbor, yeah. uh, it, it is it is uh, um, the same. It is uh, in the last years of uh, of his life, Ivan was telling us, "Now I know who I am mm -hmm. because I can see myself in the eyes of my friends." Yeah, that is a yeah. very good definition, and it's a definition of the pertinence of of Ivan. Mm -hmm. How? What kind of beings we want to be today, in 2020? That is why Ivan is, is so pertinent. That, that is a wonderful place um, to, to wrap up. 
So thank you so much, uh, Gustavo, for, for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, I'm, I'm glad to have the opportunity to, to be able to speak, um, you know, with you and earlier with, uh, with Carl and, um, and hopefully gain Yvonne a, um, a, a wider audience um, in these days. And um, so it's been a great, great pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Let's hope that we will continue our interaction. Yeah, that would be wonderful.